0: Hello there and welcome to Planet Sport Football Africa. This is the show where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe. And I'm Solomon Izanga-Shoms
1: in Johannesburg, South Africa.
0: Well, today, six North African teams are up against two from DR Congo in the group stage of the CAF Champions League. We'll give you our analysis. Plus, there'll be a different sound at the 2014 FIFA World Cup. The Vuvuzelas of South Africa 2010 will not be repeated. The, the most
2: interesting thing about Brazilian rhythms in the stadiums is actually the voice, is the songs of the crowd.
0: And Ghana's team psychologist says that the Black Stars players should be allowed to take wives and girlfriends to the World Cup finals. Our European football expert Stuart Weir gives his views on how difficult it can be for players
3: on tour. You know, because in a sense, he's almost like in a prison. You know, he's in, in a hotel. He's told when to train. He's told when they're flying. Well, more on that later, but first to the
0: CAF Champions League. The eight-time champions, Al-Athli of Egypt, were surprisingly knocked out by Al-Athli Benghazi of Libya. And there are six of the eight teams through to the group stage, all coming from North Africa. That is Al-Athli Benghazi, C.S. Faxian of Tunisia, Al-Hilal of Sudan, Esperance of Tunisia, Zamalek of Egypt and Entente Setif of Algeria. The other two teams are from DR Congo. That's the four-time champions, T.P. Mezembe, along with as vita club now there were six north african clubs in the last eight back in 2011 but last year just three while there were five in 2012 so solomon it's a strong showing from the north african teams this year
1: yes steve it definitely showed how much uh, the football in north africa has really grown we've seen uh some of the big names are not really there in the final eight that is uh, al-khali of egypt the defending champions and also raja Casablanca, who got to the fifa world club championship finals they are also not there but then we have al Khalid from benghazi it also shows how much libyan football is really growing in leaps and bounds we've seen how libya won the chan championship in 2014 uh, which is really great for them so six teams from uh, north africa there's zamalek of egypt representing egypt there in the absence of al-khali Zam- Lake is coached by former national team player mido cs Faxon from tunisia they are the defending champions in the confederation cup which they're not playing this time around so we got six teams from north africa which for me just shows how much North african clubs are really taking this very serious and how much they are putting uh, to make sure that uh their clubs and there's infrastructures and there's support for them to do well across africa
0: And looking back over the previous three years, there have been two West African clubs each time. This time, not even one club from West Africa in the group stage of the CAF
1: Champions League. It's quite sad to not get any team from West Africa making it into the final 8 and and it's, it seems like you know that administrators are not really taking this very seriously they need to be taking this very seriously to be able to compete well and give clubs from North Africa a run for their money and another region of Africa that is really missing in this Edition of the CAF Champions League is uh, teams from Southern Africa. You know, there's no team from South Africa, there's no team from Zimbabwe, so a lot needs to be done. I think it's going to be a huge lesson uh, for uh, teams to be able to sit down and say, look, we have to do better. But well, it's good to see for the first time in a very long time, uh, two teams from the Democratic Republic of Congo, that is TP Mizambe and AS Vita Club uh, who beat uh, Kaza Chiefs from South Africa in the final round before getting into the final uh, Group stage. So, North African dominance in the
0: Champions League. Let's uh, have a quick word on the FIFA Under 17 Women's World Cup, which took place in Costa Rica. Uh, there were three African teams there. Uh, Zambia were there for the first time. They went out at the group stage, but did manage a win over the hosts, Costa Rica. Nigeria and Ghana reached the quarterfinals, Nigeria losing there to Spain 3 0, and Ghana losing their quarterfinal to Italy on penalties.
1: Overall, Solomon, a fairly promising showing for Africa there. Yes, of course. For me, my assessment and evaluation would be the Nigerian Under-17 women's team. That is the Flamingos, as they are called. They did so well getting to the quarterfinals and losing 1-0 to Spain. Uh, The last three editions of the Under-17 FIFA Women's World Cup, you know, Nigeria, you know, has been uh, losing in the quarterfinals and now they have to go back to the drawing board. Ghana did so well also. Uh, They got into the quarterfinals. I feel the black medians as they are called, you know, have done so well. There was a lot of control around the game uh, against Italy, a lot of people saying, and uh, the referee was not fair enough, and, uh, and Ghana was robbed of, of a victory there, but uh, good showing for Ghana and good showing for uh, women's football in Africa.
0: Yes, it could uh, certainly help to develop women's football in Africa. Now let's focus on the FIFA World Cup finals in Brazil. They're getting ever closer. The 2010 tournament was, of course, held in South Africa. And there was a unique Southern African feel with the Vuvuzelas being blown by fans throughout the tournament. Planet Sport Football Africa's Adrian Barnard was in Rio a few months ago. He had a tour of the Maracanã Stadium and he asked the tour guide what instruments the Brazilian football fans will be using in the stadium at the World Cup Finals.
2: Well, in Brazil, we don't have a vuzelas. Normally drums. Brazilians, they, we love to bring drums over and we make a like, nice percussion as we you know, support our teams. But there's nothing really traditional because I think the, the most interesting thing about the Brazilian rhythms in the stadiums is actually the voice, is the songs of the crowd, you know, that's the the, probably, you know, we'd rather actually to sing, you know, our, our, our songs every team has many like, you know, songs for encourage the players, you know, to bring them forward, and so I guess Brazil will be the voice and, of course, drums as well uh, i don't know if you guys know about it but carnival the carnival parade is not a is a millionaire competition you know there is you know lots of money involved on in that it's like a very serious competition
0: same as like you know football uh, championship or something Yes, the Rio Carnival is a huge annual event. It took place last month. So, Solomon, no vuvuzelas in Brazil. There will be singing and drumming instead from the Brazilian fans.
1: Yes, Steve, in the 2010 edition of the FIFA World Cup, we saw the vuvuzelas everywhere. People and football fans came from all over the world uh, to support their teams, and they embraced the vuvuzela. You know, and the sound of the vuvuzela. We had it, you know, on a TV set in different stadiums all across South Africa. But the vuvuzela helped create a huge atmosphere, great atmosphere for African football, uh, not just South Africa, but something unique and something different. You know, you get that intercultural relationship, you learn from different football culture. And I am sure that, you know, the World Cup in Brazil would be absolutely great. Well, well, so
0: no Vuvuzelas at the 2014 World Cup in Brazil. Thanks a lot to Solomon Ashams in South Africa. Let's now go to Stuart Weir in the UK, our European football expert. And Stuart, from a European point of view, I guess uh, not many people will miss the Vuvuzelas.
3: I think, Steve, I'll be able to cope without that dreadful din that's still in my head from all those happy hours in South Africa, unable to hear anything going on around me. No, I'm perfectly happy without the Vuvuzelas.
0: Uh, Still with the World Cup, and uh, Ghana and Nigeria have looked at uh, what is uh, a crucial issue for many football players and uh, coaches Uh, the issue as to whether or not they can be allowed to bring their wives and girlfriends on tour. Now, Ghana's team psychologist for the World Cup has submitted a proposal to the Ghana FA to consider allowing players to bring wives or girlfriends to the tournament. He insists it will boost their performance during the competition. Now, the psychologist says that. uh, since the black stars and the other players will be away from home for more than six weeks it could impact on their performance on the pitch uh, the psychologist says that research shows that players could start to become agitated because of the absence of their spouses after 21 days or more of being away from their families uh, it's a big debate a nigeria coach Stephen keshi says he will allow his married players to bring their wives to the team's camp but he has banned girlfriends uh, from joining up with the super eagles it It is a big debate this one Stuart and a physical side of this aside it is a a long lonely tough road for football players and other sports people at times isn't it
3: well yes and I think that people outside this may not really grasp what it's like because I mean I can remember speaking in South Africa speaking to uh, Emmanuel Ibuy of Ivory Coast on the telephone and I just casually said to him where are you and he said oh um, I don't really know um and then he said well we're an hour from the airport i said which airport i don't know and you know because in a sense he's almost like in a prison you know he's in in a hotel he's told when to train he's told when they're flying the england uh, policy you know we have a bit of history in this in 2006 in germany um wives and girlfriends were allowed to visit from time to time and Uh, There were all sorts of bad reports about England wives and girlfriends uh, on shopping sprees and spending loads of money in a little German town and so on. And then come uh, 2010, they were completely banned. Capello had a really strict regime. You know, know, players are not even allowed to have their mobile phone with them other than in their rooms. So, uh, you, you know, you're concentrating all on the team matters. But you know, what do you do all day when you've trained? What do you do the rest of the day? So I think this is quite forward thinking by uh, Nigeria. Um, the England rugby player, Jason Robinson, actually won a little battle on this a few years ago because you know he actually went to the coach, Clive Woodward, and said, look, you want me to perform at my best on the pitch, but yet I'm spending the whole week fretting and worrying about my family. If I had the family closer... I would be much more relaxed and better able to perform. And in the end, Woodward, who was a very forward thinking coach, said, OK, your family can have a room in the hotel. Um, I don't want you actually sharing the room with them. I want you to have your own room so that you get undisturbed sleep, etc. But I don't mind the family being in the hotel and you can see them anytime you're not required for team business. And to me, that was a good compromise and a coach recognizing what a player needed to perform at his best. It's all about getting the players in the right frame of mind to be at their best on the pitch and if this helps I'm all for it.
0: Well we'll see whether Ghana will decide to allow wives and girlfriends to accompany the Black Stars at the World Cup Uh, but let's now talk about this incredible race in the English Premier League with just six games to go. Liverpool are back on top against all the odds really. Manchester City are looming just behind them and Chelsea have lost a lot of impetus. Now uh, Stuart, which uh, Toure brother is more likely to be winning the English Premier League? Is it Yaya Toure at Man City or Colo Touré at Liverpool?
3: Steve, if I knew that, I'd be putting my life savings on at the betting shop rather than talking to you. But it just couldn't be more interesting. And, of course, both Liverpool and Manchester City are in the situation that they win the championship if they win all their games because, of course, they play each other. I think an awful lot of people would love to see Liverpool do it simply because Liverpool is a football team with tradition. They're not the richest club. Uh, Brendan Rodgers has done an amazing job in motivating the players, getting the best out of them. Uh, Manchester City are a great team. They've got amazing players, but equally they've spent an absolute fortune uh, on them. Uh, And they're much less a community team than than Liverpool is. I suppose you could say the weakness for Liverpool is that none of the players have ever won the league before. So, therefore, uh, can they cope with attention, but... (sighs) You just look at the way Liverpool are playing at the moment with Gerrard in midfield in a role that just seems to suit his aging legs and bring the best out of him. uh, Up front with Suarez and Sturridge, without question, the best striking pair around. You know, I think I think Liverpool are more than capable of doing it. And you know that that would be a really nice situation for Colotore because in many ways, you know, when he left Arsenal, um, had a Couple of good years at Man City. Then had his uh, his issue with with, with a drug offence. Where he took a, a pill of his wife's to help because he was worried about his weight, and so on. All of that could be put in the past if he could come up with yet another uh, League Championship medal. On the other hand, Yaya Toure is possibly the most influential player in the Premiership at the moment. So, again, um, he would deserve it. But, uh, my goodness me, I think we'll discuss this question a few more times before the end of the season. Uh, And, of course, the other thing about the Premiership is that any team can beat any other team uh, on their day. I mean, Crystal Palace beating Chelsea. So, you know, even the team that wins the Liverpool-Man City game is not necessarily going to be the champions because there'll be many a slip before the end of the season. So, still all to play
0: for, for sure, in the English Premier League. Thanks to Stuart Weir in the UK, and you can have your say on this on our Facebook page. Which Toure brother do you think is most likely to win the English Premier League title this season? Is it Yaya Toure at Manchester City or Kolo Toure at Liverpool? You can give us your thoughts on our Facebook page. That's Planet Sport Football Africa. That's all one word, Planet Sport Football Africa. Don't forget to like the page too. Who's more likely to win the league? Yaya Toure at Man City or Kolo Toure at Liverpool or could it be Chelsea even Arsenal give us your thoughts on our Facebook page Planet Sport Football Africa and that's it for today from me Steve Vickers in Zimbabwe Solomon Ashams in South Africa and Stuart Weir in the UK will be back next week and you can find the show online at planetsport.tv and Planet Sport Football Africa is a 2k plus international sports media production